0: Hi, this is Keith, and welcome to Klusmer Podcast 102 for March 19th, 2013. The website is KlezmerPodcast.com, and you can write to me at Keith at KlezmerPodcast.com. You can also subscribe to Klusmer Podcast on iTunes, and I encourage you to follow Klusmer Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, MySpace, Last.fm, and Spotify. On this episode of the podcast, my interview guest is Jonathan Feldman of the band Zabrina, based in Toronto. We'll be talking about their latest album, Trail of the Hunter Gatherers, and we'll get to hear a track from the album a little bit later on. But right now, let's get to the interview with Jonathan Feldman of Zabrina. Hi, this is Keith with Klozmer Podcast, and I'm visiting via Skype today with uh, John Feldman in Toronto with the band Zabrina. Good afternoon, John. How are you doing today in Toronto? Uh,
1: Great. Uh, It's snowing a little bit, but uh, I'm indoors, so uh, safe and sound.
0: (laughs) That's great. Um, I've recently discovered uh, your group, uh, Zabrina, and uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, how you got the group started, and how long you've been going. And then we can talk a little bit about the music.
1: Cool. Um, Sabria started in about 2008. Uh, I actually uh, mm. sort of went back to school later in life to study jazz piano at University of Toronto, and uh, I met another mature student there, uh, Brett Higgins, who's the bass player in my band. And we kind of had some uh, common interests in uh, in Jewish music. And uh, that's sort of how the band started. Um, but I sort of wrote my original... We sort of fused klezmer and jazz. And, and the, sort of the first piece that I wrote... Um, was back maybe in, in the late 90s, I was playing in a band called Megalodon in Boston. And that was kind of uh, more of like a jazz funk band. And we had this one piece that uh, uh, was using, you know, Klesmer scales in 5 4. It, was, it really didn't fit in with the rest of the band. But. Um, but, you know, we played this one piece, and uh, that was kind of the beginning of, of kind of writing that style of music for me.
0: Terrific. And what, what's your uh, own personal music background? Or how did you get started doing the, the Jewish music?
1: Um, let's see. Well, I, I mean, I've been playing jazz piano since high school. Um uh, and I've, I, I, I studied privately, but um, uh, I, I went to graduate school in the States and I ended up back in Canada and I was living back in my hometown of Hamilton, Ontario. And at our synagogue, there, um, there was some interest in starting up, there was a group of musicians that had an interest in starting up just a community band of uh, Klezmer music. And I uh, played uh, saxophone in that band, and uh, that's how I got playing Klezmer music. And, uh, and b- because I was a little bit more experienced than some of the other members of the band, I ended up arranging a lot of music for the band. So I started digging through Klezmer music and, uh, you know, finding things that were suitable for the band to play and then arranged. It was a nine-piece band, so there was, you know, some arranging to be done, and uh, that's that's how I got to playing Klezmer music.
0: That's great, and I like the way that uh, you've blended uh, Klezmer and jazz and some funk and some other things uh, on on these tunes. Um, there's a, a number of other bands that are doing jazz and Klezmer, um, but not quite the same way that, that you're approaching the music. Um, I noticed for example, um, the last tune on the album, "The Garden of uh, a Jaw," it, it it's uh, starts with a with a pretty good uh, klezmer uh, bulgar, and the bridge goes right into into jazz. How'd you uh, decide you could get away with something like that? It, it it really works well, but it's but it's different.
1: Yeah, actually. <laughs> That, that is the one piece that, that was not really written for Zabrina. That's a piece that I wrote at that time when I was playing at that Klezmer, when I was playing saxophone at that Klezmer band in Hamilton. I wrote it for that band. And uh, I don't know my, you know. my biggest inspiration actually is, is uh, John Zorn's Masada band. And I, I listened endlessly to Masada. That was actually my original interest in Jewish music was uh, was Masada. And, uh, you know, that, that that's, that's the kind of trick that John Zorn did with his Naked City band. They'd be playing blues, and then they'd be playing country, and then they'd be play, playing jazz. So they sort of, like, you know, put together a pastiche of these different styles of music. And... Um, I, maybe that's where that comes from. So
0: Okay, cuz the the jazz itself is really good as well. Uh, so, you know, both both styles uh uh you know, really uh are, are legit in 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 the truest sense. So um now you've got uh, uh, clarinet on there but are you playing some sax uh as well? I I uh trying to remember now. Uh
1: no, I'm uh, I'm I'm only playing keyboards in uh, in the band, and we had um, at that time a really great um, saxophone and clarinet player, Jonathan Kay who um, who 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 played. Uh, I think he played soprano on one track, and maybe tenor sax on a couple of other tracks, and clarinet. Uh, he you know he was a very strong. Jazz saxophone player, so we sort of took advantage of that and had him play saxophone on some tracks. Uh, But the vision for the band was always to have, uh, you know, a lead clarinet player, um, and sort of, I, you know, we, we sound a bit different live than we do on on the record. But it was always to have, you know, sort of this traditional clarinet sound out front, but kind of like this sort of, you know, rock. You know, jazz fusion band in behind. So the, the the rest of the band is all really electric, but the the clarinet is acoustic out, out front.
0: Right. Okay. I was I was noticing that. So that's uh, that's an interesting uh, combination you put together with that, and the clar- clarinet being the acoustic uh, instrument. Um. Now the title of of the album, "The Trail of the Hunter Gatherers," and all of the song titles are kind of uh, uh, different, shall we say. How would you come up with uh, with the names for all these things?
1: N- naming the tunes is the, is the hardest part of r- writing. It, it always
0: is, isn't it? The tunes come easier than the titles, I guess.
1: I don't, I don't know. I, I, I watched this. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a Billy Joel fan, and I was watching this, uh, this uh, thing on YouTube that he did in 2001, and he said for him, you know, he writes the music first. And then he comes up with the song title, and once he has the song title, then he kind of knows what it's about, and um, and, uh, and and then he writes the lyrics. You know, I, I find I sit at the piano and I, and I noodle around and I, I write music, and I'm not always so sure what the music is about. A, a lot of the, the titles on on the record. Um, the reason why I included specifically Hebrew. On the they're, they're, on the CD case itself, the titles are in Hebrew and English, and some of them are, are you know are uh, you know little insights into uh, Hebrew words and ideas and and things like that. Um, I mean, Trail of the Hunter Gatherers. Um, you know, I guess that you know the you know, maybe thinking a little bit about, uh, you know, hunter gatherers kind of is referenced, you know, to evolution and, you know, maybe just thinking about, um, you know, you know, maybe, you know, what, what I've been taught as a kid about, you know, uh, you know, you know, biblical history compared to, you know, what I know as an adult about evolutionary history and, um, and trail of the hunter gatherers. I, I, I kind of like to think about you know biblical anthropology, and you know maybe think about the stories that we've been told. Um, you know, to like take Abraham and Sarah. You know, kind of just imagining the, the parts that the, the Bible really doesn't tell us is what what was life like for them. You know uh, how you know it skips over huge portions of how did they live their life and you know what was their daily life you know like and how were meals prepared and you know when when guests came to visit you know how were they you know you know what you know what what kind of you know i don't know what kind of tea was served or you know i just sort of used my imagination to kind of wonder about you know what you know What were things like? And and that's maybe Trail the Hunter Gatherers, sort of a reference to biblical anthropology, I'd say. Um,
0: So uh, I saw that you've got a second album coming up. This uh, Trail the Hunter Gatherers was uh, from 2010, and you're working on something uh, new. So uh, tell me a little bit about what's uh, in store on the new one.
1: I guess the, you know, the exciting thing about the new record for me is that, like I said, you know, my, you know, I discovered, uh, you know, John Zorn back when I, uh, I guess when I was doing my undergrad, and that's when his Masada band, you know, had the first studio records were just kind of coming out. And that music was really exciting for me. It was because I was really into jazz uh, and, and really hadn't listened to any Jewish music. And yet all of a sudden this music came along that, you know, and, and, I, and I did like free jazz and stuff. And, you know, he doesn't like it to be described like that, but you know, it's kind of a marriage between Klezmer music and Ornette Coleman's music. And, but he writes these really strong melodies that I really identify, that to me sound really identifiably Jewish. And at, up until that point, I never really had, had thought about, you know, I guess, Jewish jazz music. Um, uh, so, you know, I, you know I, I'm a big John Zorn fan and uh, sort of, um, you know, luckily have been able to kind of get in touch with them and been in touch with them actually since the first record came out. And talked about, you know, maybe putting a future record out on his uh, Sadiq record label. And uh, that has sort of come to fruition. So uh, it's, a, it's a really exciting time for the band. And I guess for me personally to sort of, um, you know, find a place in this, it, you know, it. Maybe there's a bigger, you know, market in New York where there's just more people. Uh, but you know, in in Toronto, the you know the market for jazz music is small. The market for klezmer music is small. So the the market for where jazz meets klezmer music is extremely small. And uh, for our kind of you know really improvised music, where if. If you hear us live, it, I mean, it's a very sort of improvised, on-the-spot kind of performance. And I sort of feel like maybe the only place we fit in is on that label. So I sort of feel lucky to uh, to, to get this opportunity. And then I guess one of the other big things that's happened is uh, John Zorn introduced me to the clarinet player, uh, Ben Goldberg, who... Uh, is, is famous for, uh, especially this, well, his new, what he calls his new Klezmer trio. And, uh, the, maybe the most famous record from that is called masks and faces. Um, which is also sort of a Klezmer avant-garde kind of record. And, uh, I'm not really planning on putting out an avant-garde record, but, um, but I'm definitely excited to have this opportunity to play with Ben and, um, uh, yeah, it's certainly, a, you know, a, a new direction for the band, so.
0: Great. Well, uh, let's talk about a couple of the other tunes here really quick, too. Um, the First track on the album, City of the Future, has a, it's a great hook line uh, in there that I kind of gravitated to. And also the prayer for my father, which is a little bit slower, but um, had a little more depth to it, and that's why I I picked that one for uh for the Spotify playlist. So can you talk about those two um, briefly?
1: Sure. Um, yeah, City of the Future is is really about Tel Aviv. That's kind of and um, uh which is. You know, just you know, in my, you know, you know, to me, you know, well, there. I mean, there's a lot of cities in, in Israel that are that are exciting: Haifa, Tel Aviv, Jerusalem, lots of places. But you know, Tel Aviv has a certain vibrance and a certain sort of modernity to it. Uh, and now, a lot of the sort of you know, uh, you know, it's it's kind of like the Silicon Valley. Not in Tel Aviv, but surrounding Tel Aviv, which is—it's just kind of exciting uh, to see what Israel has been capable of, uh, you know, creating for itself in such a short period of time. But uh, that—that's one of the f- one of the first pieces that I wrote uh, for the band. I, I, um, there, there's a there's a handful of pieces. Um, that were written even before 2008 when I started to actually think about, you know, you know, creating this band and writing seriously for the band. And that's, that's one of the original pieces, uh, which is why I have it at the, uh, the beginning of the record. And, um, uh, prayer for my father. Uh, well, um, you know, I, I, unfortunately lost my father to, uh, to uh, brain cancer in, uh, in 2001, uh, which is what brought me back to Canada. And uh, that was a piece that I wrote around that time. Uh, and um, yeah, it's a little bit different uh, because we have, you know, Joel plays mandolin on that piece. It's a little bit more arranged. It has that one section where the bass plays the melody. And um, uh, it has the, the, the keyboard intro on the roads. so it's it's you know a very sentimental piece, and it's still like one piece that often um, you know often will will play a show and kind of you know have a lot of you know really sort of uh, you know blowing hard and, and and a lot of excitement and. And almost at the end of the, the the evening, there's, there's not a lot left to say. And if, if sometimes we pull out that piece to play at the very end, and it's kind of like sort of like a pretty kind of uh, way to end a concert. And, um, you know, it's kind of a, a pretty melody that, that, you know, you can walk away with. So.
0: It is. And, um, you know, it mentioned, uh, the roads on there. I, I would, i enjoy that sound a little bit too uh what what other uh, uh keyboard uh, styles are are you uh using on on this
1: um, you know it's interesting i i use a nord electro too uh just for the convenience of you know it's when I lived in the States, I had a Rhodes. I used to gig with a Rhodes, and uh, it's, I guess, what you would call a schlep. So, uh, um, you know, I, I I could have used a Rhodes on the whole record, and it was actually a, a bit of uh, just not really realizing. It was my first time going into a studio, and I didn't even realize that they had a Rhodes there, that I could have just, you know, played the whole... Um, a whole record on, so I was using my keyboard, and it kind of came up on the, on our second day in recording. It's like, oh, we have a Rhodes here. Do you want to use that? And so, uh, you know, uh, I, yeah, I don't really regret using the the keyboard on the rest of the sound. Sometimes, you know, as soon as the Rhodes is so warm and fuzzy, so it's on that one track, it's so nice. But sometimes, you know, you you if you you use a the Rhodes has kind of come back into vogue. So, uh, but sometimes, you know, you play a Rhodes and it kind of like brings you right back to the seventies. Yeah. I'm planning on using, uh, Rhodes and, and I'm I'm, I'm going to play, um, you know, actually, uh, a Hammond B3 that the studio has on a couple of tracks that actually will be new for me. You know, all the organ playing that I've done is on, on my keyboard and I'm I'm actually uh, you know uh, taking some lessons with uh, someone here in Toronto, so that uh, you know I can be uh, you know ready to play uh, working on those couple of tracks.
0: Do you use any any straight uh, acoustic piano?
1: Um, you know I I write everything on acoustic piano, and I I like I do all my composition on acoustic piano, but. You know, part of the reason why there, I don't use any, um, you know, when we play live, I only have the keyboard, and I'm not a fan of piano samples. So uh, I always just use electric piano when we when we play live, and that's kind of the sound that the band has developed. Now I, I've written some some new pieces that uh, aren't going to be on aren't going to be on the record, but uh, they're brand new pieces that are are meant for acoustic piano. So um um you I don't know the sound of these pieces is kind of you know you know completely different there's a piece that's kind of really poppy and kind of you know influenced by like Ben Folds Five or or something like that and um it wouldn't sort of we really wouldn't fit into the body of work that I that I think that I'm going to try and record on this record but maybe for the next record or um uh, there'll there'll be some more acoustic piano playing and i, I you know I, I would like to do that and and actually i have we haven't really recorded any of it but I, I do do some playing um with acoustic piano and acoustic bass and drums and do some some sort of sabrina music you know, with with that but you know one of the big big challenges of that are finding you know places to play um you know where they have you know acoustic pianos that are in tune and uh, there aren't a lot of places like that here in Toronto really.
0: Okay, great. So if people want to um, buy the CD or download uh, the album somewhere uh, or find more information about Zabrina, uh, where, where's a good place for them to go?
1: Um, so our website is uh, zabrina.org Um I'm also, you know, would like to point people to uh, SoundCloud slash Sabrina, um, where I've been posting some, you know, live tracks from shows and things like that 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 we're doing. And uh, our CD is available on iTunes. It's available on Bandcamp. And uh, I am tweeting at... uh, It's at... uh, at Zabrina Music, so you know there's a, a bunch of places to find us on the web, like like everybody else, and uh, uh, yeah, I mean you can find us on everywhere you know, Facebook, MySpace, where
0: the usual, the usual places. Yeah. Very good. All right. Uh, anything else uh, you wanted to mention before we go that I haven't asked you about?
1: Well, I'd just like to mention, just in case there are people listening that are in the Toronto area, uh, that we uh, are going to be putting on this big show on May 23rd at the Music Gallery, and that is going to feature uh, Ben Goldberg on clarinet, uh, and that is sort of a prequel to our uh, our uh, recording, which will happen for the next three days after that. So, if you're in Toronto. This concert will take place at the Music Gallery on May 23rd, and tickets will be available soon on the Music Gallery uh, website.
0: Great, and hopefully for those of us uh, not in Toronto, there might be something posted maybe on YouTube about that.
1: Yeah, actually, the concert is going to be recorded. Okay, oh, uh, and so you know, uh, usually even we have we we do have a monthly gig right now at a little place, and it's they're not. I would. Really high quality recordings, but pretty good. And I usually post a couple of tracks on SoundCloud, and I've been tweeting those tracks as well. So I usually try from you know uh, whenever we play to try and um, you know post something new so that uh, you can hear what's going on. And
0: great, terrific! All right, well, we'll be looking forward to that, and everybody in Toronto. Go see Sabrina on May 23rd. Uh, thanks, John, for being uh, my guest on the Klusmer podcast. Really well, enjoying listening to your album, and look forward to uh, your future projects.
1: Yeah, thanks so very much for uh, for hosting us. this is Jenny Albert, and you're listening to Klezmer Podcast.com.
0: All right. I'm back. That was my interview with Jonathan Feldman of Sabrina. And the track we heard was garden of jaw from their latest album trail of the hunter gatherers. Once again, I'd like to thank Jonathan for appearing on the podcast and for providing the track for us to listen to. Again, the website is klezmerpodcast.com, and if you have a question, comment, suggestion, or if you have a band that would like to appear on the podcast or have your music played, or if you have a recent or soon-to-be-released album you'd like me to review, please write to me at keith at klezmerpodcast.com. Again, the music heard on Klezmer Podcast is for promotional purposes only and is used with permission. So that's about it for Klezmer Podcast 102. Thanks for listening. Please stay subscribed. Tell your friends. And until next time, bye for now.